Good morning, St. Michael's. Please stand. Lord, we're just so excited to be in your presence today to continue the celebration of your resurrection, Lord, and everything that that did for us in our lives, Lord. And we just come before you grateful and full of confidence to worship your name.
Hallelujah. Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Almighty God, you all hearts are open, all desire is known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Jesus said, the first commandment is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these.
Shaking up the 
Jesus, your name is the highest. Your name is the greatest. Your name stands above them all, above all thrones and dominions, all powers and positions. Your name stands above them all. Yes, your name is the highest. Your name is the greatest. Your name Your name is the greatest. Your name, oh, it stands above. 
us pray together the collect. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who in the Paschal mystery established the new covenant of reconciliation, grant that all who have been reborn into the fellowship of Christ's body may show forth in their lives what they profess by their faith. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Maybe seated. Children. All right. There you are. How you doing, sir? You look good today. Ladies, gentlemen, the army of the Lord is assembling. <laughs> If you would, reach out your hand and pray with me for these young men and women. Heavenly Father, we pray you would continue to watch over and keep them, Lord Jesus, these young warriors and guardians of your kingdom. You would fill our hearts, Lord God, with knowledge and wisdom and strength and courage. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs> Chapter 2, beginning in verse 22. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. For David said concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. The word of the Lord. This morning is Psalm, is Psalm 16, and we'll read responding by the asterisk. Preserve me, O God. O oh, my soul, you have said to the Lord, You are my Lord. My goodness is nothing apart from you. As for the saints who are on the earth, They are the excellent ones, in whom is all my delight. Their sorrow shall be multiplied, who hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood I will not offer, nor take up their names on my lips. O Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night's secrets. I have set the Lord always before me. 
Therefore, my heart is glad, and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, it is now, and will be forever. Amen. This morning's second reading comes from the book of First Peter, chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. The word of the Lord. St. John, chapter 20, beginning in verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. 
If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now, Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples, therefore, said to him, We have seen the Lord. Then he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Then Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here, look at my hands. Reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. that my wife and I are looking for a place to live. And it's one of these great things, right? Because we don't have a victim story about this. Um, some people are like, man, I just couldn't afford the place or the landlord kicked me out. We get to celebrate the fact that we're moving because 
uh, Bishop's daughter, Jessica, and her husband, Preston, are coming back to live here. So praise God, right? At least we started on a good note. But then you know who interfered? The devil's Zillow. That interfered. And so for the past few weeks, we've had this war within ourselves where we know God has a place for us. And the devil Zillow is telling us, no, he doesn't. And so we're just praying and believing that God's going to show up for us. But I bring that up because uh, I'm listening to Doubting Thomas, right? That poor guy who gets this really bad rap. And part of me wants to tell God, I'll believe it when I see it. When I open the door to this house that I'm going to live in, when I put my furniture in, then I'll believe it. And so I have to remind myself, right? Jesus says to Thomas, blessed are those who believe without seeing. So that's what we're working on this morning. And that's really, it's, it's, it's fun to bring this up now because we're not going to be able to get to it once we get into this story. But there's a great blessing for each of us in this room. Because if you're a Christian today, you're one who believes without seeing. That's what Jesus was saying, right? It was for us that Jesus said that to Thomas. Not to make Thomas feel bad, because he knew thousands of years of Christians would read that passage and say, Lord, I believe without seeing. Blessed are you. You're all blessed. So we're going to start on that note, and we're going to jump into our gospel once again. John chapter 19, or sorry, chapter 20, verse 19. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So this is a fascinating start to our Easter story, right? There's other stories that we read last week, but we're still in Easter season. So we're, we haven't moved past that day. We're exploring Easter day. So let's get our timeline, right? Later on the day when Jesus has shown up to John and Peter, he's shown up to Mary Magdalene, he's shown up to these people and they're starting to hear rumblings. And yet these people are locked in a room for fear of the Jews. Interesting. So they've heard that maybe something good is happening, and their response is, we better lock the doors. We better, who knows what's going to happen now, right? And maybe they're thinking like, oh, if this rumor gets out that we stole the body of Jesus, right? Because that was the rumor. We, we hear later, that's the rumor. We stole the body of Jesus. Then maybe the Jews are going to come for us and we'll be crucified like Jesus. And so they're living in this terror and this fear. Maybe you've had a time where God promised you something. And it felt like it died on a cross. And you were in that moment in fear. You were in that moment saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. I just lost my job. I just lost uh, my home. I just lost my wife. Whatever it is, maybe you're living in fear. The story of Easter is that there's no situation where the risen Christ cannot walk in and say peace to you in the midst of that time. And so wherever your fear is, that's where the risen Christ wants to walk in and declare peace to you. Now, let me just say this. Peace does not mean that slight euphoria you get when you sit down on your couch with a slice of pizza and a beer or a glass of wine and you're turning on the latest episode of Yellowstone or whatever it is people watch these days. That's not what we're talking about when we talk about peace. It's nice. It's fine. But that's not what God's saying. Because do you know that that slice of pizza, that beer, that TV show, that's not enough peace to change the cross. 
These men just lost their most beloved Lord, the one that they thought was the Messiah, brutally murdered. They're not in the mood for peace, man. They're not in the mood for that. They need something more important. And don't you know, although the language has been watered down over the centuries, Jesus said something more than just peace, man. He said, shalom be to you. What does shalom mean? Well, shalom's more like our fire nights we've been having recently, where people are standing and worshiping God together in right relationship with him, and people are being set free. People are weeping as they encounter the love of God. That is shalom. It's restoration, it's healing, it's wholeness, it's freedom, and it's peace, the peace which surpasses all understanding. Shalom is when you've done a particularly difficult job to the glory of God, and it works out well, and somebody's blessed because of it. That's shalom. It's an active idea. Shalom is a prodigal son coming home and being restored in right relationship. Shalom doesn't mean a lack of conflict or struggle. Don't you know that those guys who Jesus said, peace to you, that's the word he gives them? At the same time, Jesus knows the majority of them will be beaten and killed the same way he is. They're going to need a little bit more than our weak idea of lack of conflict. They need shalom. They need to carry the presence of Christ wherever they go to speak healing, wholeness, restoration. I heard this podcast with this author, J.K. Rowling. You may have heard of her. She wrote these books called Harry Potter, right? And uh, she was doing this podcast, and it's really not important, the subject, but she said one thing that jumped out at me. She said, well, I just hope that everyone can be authentic and comfortable in who they are. Who cares? Who cares whether you can be authentic or comfortable? You know who's authentic and comfortable? Someone who's comatose with drugs flowing into their body, making them feel good about themselves. That is comfortable and authentic. We are called for more than that. And at the same time I was listening to that podcast, I encountered this video online. Uh, It was the body cam footage of the police officers who responded to the Nashville shooting. And I don't recommend that you go out and watch it, right? Content warning. Maybe it's something that you feel compelled to do. It is hard to watch. But there was something in that that changed the way that I viewed the world, seeing that. And it was these officers who ran towards the danger. There are evil men and women in the world. There are evil things in the world. But then there are good men who run towards those evil things to protect the innocent, the teachers, the children, and just seeing them. It was 14 minutes from the 911 call to the shooter being taken out. And you're watching this, and they're clearing the building. You know, they're going in each room, and they're talking to each other, and they're trying to figure out where is the shooter. And they hear the sound of gunshots, and everything in you says run away from that. And immediately they say, where is that? Let's go. That is shalom. And what I mean by that is, Shalom is responding rightly, responding the way that Christ would. What did Jesus say? Greater love has no man than that he laid down his life for his friends. And these men in that moment were willing to lay down their lives to protect the innocent and the broken. 
When Jesus says, shalom be with you, he means go out into that broken world, confront the evil, bring in the presence of the risen Christ, set the captives free, heal the lame, heal the sick, raise the dead. That's shalom. That's the kingdom of God. So peace be with you this morning. Shalom be with you. Let all of your life be healed, restored. Let the evil in this world be encountered by the light of Christ within you and be changed. They weren't comfortable, those police officers running into that building. They weren't being authentic. Their authentic human expression is to run away from danger. They were denying themselves, taking up their cross, and following our Lord. I don't want to make more of this than there is, but there's not anything that I was more impressed by than watching that footage of these brave men and women running towards the danger. Back to our story. In a similarly horrific situation, Jesus has been brutally murdered on a cross. And the response of these men was to run and hide. And so in the midst of that, they're also dealing with their own shame, their own fear, their own brokenheartedness. And what does Jesus say? I can't believe you weren't with me when I went to the cross. No, he says, shalom be with you. That very shame and fear and guilt that you're wrestling with, come look. I took it in my hands and on my side. I've taken your brokenness into my body. And eternally your healing will come because of these wounds. Holy cow, we have a God. Well, not holy cow. Holy Jesus, we have a God who bears our wounds eternally. We were talking about how in our songs, we're talking about the victory that was already won for us. And we can do all this and all authority and everything, right? Why? Because he has the wounds. Every darkness, every tragedy, everything has been taken out on the body of God, our Savior. And he has borne them. And he bore them into death. And then he bore them into resurrection that we might know that no matter how wounded you are this day, there is healing and resurrection for you. There's not a wound that you have that God has not borne. There's not a wound that you have that God does not have healing for. What are his wounds? They're this mark of our sin in the body of God. They're God taking our sin and transforming it by his love and mercy into our redemption. In his mercy, his love for us is evidenced in his wounds. So let's get to Thomas. I'm not going to talk about the Holy Spirit and the sending out today. We don't have time. But we're going to jump into another story of Thomas, who unfortunately wasn't there. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his, into his side, I will never believe. Why wasn't Thomas with them when Jesus came? Who knows, right? Maybe he was out getting coffee and donuts. Maybe it was something simple and innocent. But I will say that where Jesus shows up is where the body of Christ, the church, gathers. That's where Jesus shows up. You'll want to be there. Now, who is Thomas, this doubting Thomas, this uh, 
punchline in the story of Jesus' resurrection. He's the last one of the disciples to accept that Jesus has raised. Well, let's look at where we see Thomas elsewhere. In John chapter 11, verse 14, Lazarus has been sick. And Jesus said, we're not going to go see Lazarus in Judea. And all the disciples said, wow, Jesus is so wise because the people in Judea want to kill him. Usually he just walks right into that situation. Jesus is learning to be wise and to avoid danger. That's, that's what the disciples are saying, right? They're thinking, wow, Jesus, you're not going to go to Judea even though your friend is sick because you're afraid that you're going to get killed. And they're probably thinking, thank God. And then Jesus says, we've got to go now to Judea. And he says, you know, Lazarus is sleeping. And they're like, well, if he's sleeping, he's going to get better. Let's not go to the place where they want to kill us. And then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas called the twin, the twin said to his disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. That's not doubting Thomas. That's doubty Thomas. And half the room says, what does doubty mean? <laughs> okay. It means brave and persistent. I had, it made me happy to put a pun somewhere in here. The point is, that is not the Thomas, the doubter. That's Thomas, the let's go die with Jesus. If he wants to go, let's go. We'll die with him. So what happened that he didn't believe? Because what I, what I see uh, in Thomas, the one other time we hear him talk, he says, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? What's the, what's the context here? Jesus said, I'm going to leave you, but don't worry. I'm preparing a place for you. And Thomas goes, but Lord, how can we follow you? We don't know the way. And then Jesus dies. What is Thomas thinking? Well, I'll tell you this. His heart's broken. He put all of his eggs in this basket. He was willing to die with Jesus. He was willing. He said, I'll follow you. Where do we go? Show us the way. And then Jesus died. And he thought, oh, my Lord is dead. And because of that heartbreak, he doubted. Why do we doubt? Well, let me just tell you, it's not intellectual. Because there's an answer to any question you can ask. There's a book that will tell you. Somewhere, there's a book that will tell you. There's an answer. God is truth incarnate. There's an answer to your intellectual doubts. But I think we all know that the reason we doubt is an emotional, spiritual issue. I think there are many people in this room who doubt the word of God. I think that because I doubt the word of God. And why? Because we've been disappointed. Because we haven't seen what we thought we would see. Because our Lord died or the promise he gave us didn't come to pass. And slowly through that heartbreak, if you don't deal with it, doubt comes in. Thomas, in fact, had intellectual reasons to believe. Ten of the disciples had seen Jesus and touched his wounds. And they say, we saw him. He is alive. He is resurrected from the dead. And still Thomas said, I will not. I'm not going to get duped by this. We even see that, right? He says, even if I see him, I have to actually touch him to believe. He's heartbroken. And he's not willing to have hope again. 
So what's, what's Jesus' response to Thomas the doubter? Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Once again, Jesus does exactly the opposite of what any of us would do. Thomas, why do you doubt me? So many times in the scripture, Jesus says, oh, you of little faith. But you know what Jesus saw in Thomas? He saw a broken man, a broken hearted man whose heart was sick with grief so that he couldn't see the truth of the resurrection. And so he came to him and he said, look at me. It is true. I am alive. Touch, see. And of course, Jesus' compassion prompts Thomas's response as Thomas falls to his knees and answers, my Lord and my God. There are people in here who have been heartbroken over hopes that were never realized, promises that haven't been fulfilled, relationships that have crumbled. And those heartbreaks have been allowed to build a wall of cynicism and doubt. But Jesus stands before you today saying, put your hands in my wounds. I was there in your brokenness. I bore the same wounds that you bore. And yet I have transformed them. I am alive. And I have healing for you today. I have faith for you today. I have resurrection for you today. That's why I like Thomas. I would have done the same thing. When I decide I'm going to do something, I am all in. But that also means when something doesn't go my way, I am all out. I've seen it several times. I get all in on something. This is the way it will be. This is the way it's going to be. And it fails. And, oh, man, my heart gets broken. Because I'm a dreamer. That's what I, I love the good things of the world, the things that God does, the plans that he has. And when it falls apart, I get heartbroken. And too often, instead of running to God and saying, God, what happened? I just curl up around it and I let that become a wound that I bear. And that wound produces doubt. And the next time I want to dream, my dreams are a little smaller. My dreams are a little more practical. My dreams are a little bit more within my control. I think that happens to a lot of us. And God wants to break that off of you today. God wants to set you free to see the wondrous things that he can do in your life. God wants to heal you. God wants to bring shalom into your life. Shalom believes for bigger things. The right way to view God is the king and creator of all the universe who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And there's nothing that you're facing that he has not already bought and paid for on the cross. And empowered you by his resurrection. Amen? So as we end our sermon today, I wanted to read this quote about Thomas and this declaration, My Lord and my God, which is the climax of John's gospel. It's the first time we see that declaration of Jesus' divinity so starkly. And in fact, our, all of our doctrine on the incarnation is informed by this idea that Thomas the doubter fell before him and said, my Lord and my God. So let's read this together. Well, you don't have to read it, but you can read it up on the screens as, we, uh, as I read it for you. 
My Lord and my God, herein is condensed into one burning utterance from the worried heart of humanity, the slowly gathering conclusion which had been steadily inwrought in the mind of his disciples by all the teachings of the Savior. It was at last spontaneous and exultant. These words are the climax of the entire gospel. Every narrative points to this unchallenged utterance. From the wedding at Cana to the raising of Lazarus, from the testimony of the Baptist to the awe-filled tones of intercessory prayer, every discourse, every miracle points on to this superlative conclusion. Not breathed in loving accents by the enthusiastic Mary, not sounded forth by the rock-like apostle, not whispered in awestruck affection by the beloved disciple, but wrung from the broken heart of the man who had said, Let us go, that we may die with him. Of him who cried, We know not whither thou goest, how can we know the way? Of him who said, Unless I see the print of the nails, I will not believe. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would take every burden that we are holding on to, every wound that we will not let you see, that you would open us up and that you would heal us and empower us, that we might walk forth with that declaration on our lips, my Lord and my God. I pray that you'd reveal yourself in your power, reveal yourself in your love, and empower us to bring that light into a broken and dying world. In Jesus' name, amen. Father Almighty, maker, maker of, of heaven, heaven and earth, earth and all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified for us under Pontius. He suffered and was buried. The third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father, and he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. And I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead, and the life of the world to come. Amen. Brothers and sisters, the Lord is gracious and merciful and full of loving kindness. Therefore, let us bring our needs and those of the whole world before him, that the church will continue to be a visible sign of Christ's presence on earth. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer, that the witness of the persecuted church will lead to their freedom and to the conversion of their oppressors. Lord, in your mercy, 
that nations will put aside their prejudices and differences and seek lasting peace. Lord, in your mercy, that the kindness of Jesus will draw sinners to repentance, forgiveness, and amendment of life. Lord, in your mercy, that those who are receiving the sacraments of baptism and confirmation will be filled with the fruit of the Spirit and empowered with the gifts of the Holy Spirit for the common good. Lord, in your mercy, that just as the apostles and the early church held all their goods in common, may we also have the heart to share our goods with those in need. Lord, in your mercy, that we always bear witness of the risen Christ through word and deed. Lord, in your mercy. To us, through your Son, Jesus Christ, hear our prayer. Give us the grace to be imitators of him who is Lord forevermore. As we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let's acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what I have done and by what I have left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart, and I have not loved my neighbor as myself. I am truly sorry, and I humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me and forgive me, that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Turn and greet your neighbor with the peace. Lord be with you. Happy Easter. It's great to see everyone. I want to say a couple of words of thanks to the many people who helped with the diocesan retreat that was held here uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday this week. I don't see Bethany here, but she was a real hero on Thursday night. So thanks to Bethany and Thomas and Katie and the choir and the there were so many people I can't name you all, so I've left somebody out. I'm sorry. You are the most important one. <laughs> um, that's it. I wanted to start with that. I know also we have some important things we need to take care of today with respect to the ladies' retreat. Yes. Yeah. I've, in fact, all my announcements have to do with the ladies. So, <laughs> so guys, you can just stop listening. If you want. Uh, yeah. Uh, in all seriousness, for the ladies' retreat, they need your money. So turn it in. Uh, talk to Katie, I believe. Uh, yes, Get your correct. payments in right away. It's a great time, but they need, to, they need to have your money so that they can finish planning. You so. can give Katie a check today, or you can 
pay online. And if you need instructions, Katie will help you with that too. So thank you. I appreciate it. And it will be an event you don't want to miss. Ladies, men, you can't go. You can bring those things to the ladies' tea at 3.30 today at my house. <laughs> oh, amen. <laughs> Perfect. Brilliant. So uh, there, there is that. I, it looks like you, there's also a ladies' meeting on May 6th. So you guys have overtaken the entire calendar for the next few weeks. And I'm, I'm for it. <laughs> All right. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, sir. Pray for the offering. As we prepare to receive the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist, let us respond to God's word by engaging with him in musical worship and presenting to God our tithes and offerings out of that which God has given to us. Together, through Christ, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. But do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God.
just want to make a comment about the uh, the clergy retreat we just had because it was uh, it was one of the most powerful we've had, and uh, I know it's directly attributable to the presence of the Holy Spirit that's been here hanging around for quite a while now, and it's uh, as we really uh, took upon ourselves to apprehend that and to. Uh, to really press in. It's been a, just a tremendous, tremendous time we're having here, each one of us. And I just uh, thank you all for your participation. And uh, I just encourage you just every day, every day of your life, press into the Holy Spirit. Just press in. This is just such a rich time right now. And, and uh, you know, we live in ebbs and tides. And I don't know how that will work out, but I just really, really encourage you to Impression. He seems to be just uh, not just filling us up, but we just we're overflowing, and uh, I enjoy it. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Father, all-powerful and ever-living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ our Lord. We praise you in greater joy than ever in the Easter season when Christ became our paschal sacrifice. He's the true lamb who took away the sins of the world, and by dying, he destroyed death. By rising, he restored our life. And so with all the choir of angels in heaven, we proclaim your glory, and we join in their unending hymn of praise. and make them holy, so they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he's given up to death, the death he freely accepted, he took bread and gave you thanks, and he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup, Again, he gave thanks and praise. 
He gave it to his disciples, and he said, drink this, all of you. This is my blood of a new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Let us proclaim this mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread and this saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and serve you. May all of us who share in the body and blood of Jesus be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow in love together with our patriarch, Craig, and all of our clergy. Remember those who are sick, infirmed in spirit, soul, or body. Draw our hearts to remember the poor and the broken. And as we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed to become the body of Christ to the world. Have mercy on us all. Make us worthy to share eternal life with the apostles and the martyrs and all the saints. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him and with him and in him in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God and Father, now and forever. Jesus taught us to call God our Father. We have courage to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ, our Passover, sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Hallelujah. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. The gifts of God for the people of God, take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on them in your heart with thanksgiving.
luncheon, Lord, we just uh, pray that it would be just a wonderful time of fellowship and camaraderie between the ladies in our church. And uh, we acknowledge from time to time, Lord, <laughs> what an amazing day, our blessing. And we probably couldn't get through this without uh, them. <laughs> Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and sickness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Say, Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle and be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast in hell, Satan, and all evil spirits who roam through the world seeking the ruin of our souls. Remember the gospel. God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the world to himself, not counting men's sins against them. God's not angry. He'll never leave you or forsake you. 
He's full of love. He is the ultimate love. And he loves you beyond all you could ever imagine. Amen. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always and forever. Amen. Amen. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.